0: Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and every episode we get into what has made our guests vulnerable and how they've learned how to own their awkward in order to live their best life. Stay tuned so you can hear every awkward moment in today's show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. Today, I'm so excited to have my good friend from Toastmasters on, Deb Walker. Deb, how are you today?
1: I'm doing awesome, Andy. Awesome and awkward.
0: <laughs> awesome and awkward. I love that. I think that's a perfect combination, especially for today's show. Um so I know Deb, I, we know each other from Toastmasters, which uh, is just such a great community. And we have an awesome club at Thursday Night Live. Um, what, do you, what do you want the world to know about you? Or what do you have going on that's exciting that you want to make sure people know uh, before we get into me finding out about your awkward?
1: I want people to know there's a really awesome YouTube channel out there called Deb Did That. And I get out there and I do that or sometimes doing that means Zooming people. Awesome people like Andy Vargo, for instance. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. Deb did that.
0: All Anytime. right, I love that. That's a and it's a fun show. I remember we had a great conversation um, mid-pandemic when we when you were like getting started in the middle of I, I have this idea to do something and then all of a sudden you know the rules change on what you can do and you had to kind of shift. But it, I think it's been a fun show and it's been fun to see all the the cool people you've got on there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it has been an amazing adventure. I I enjoy it. It's not the show that I wanted, which is going out in the field, following someone around and seeing them in their everyday life. Mm-hmm. But I get out every now and then. I'm still kind of trying to figure out what, what it's going to become. And I guess my guests and my audience will help me define that.
0: Yeah, well, and I'm glad that you didn't wait for the ideal to get it started because you can always add that in down the road but this way you're we're still getting to hear from you we're still getting to see what you have going on and hear from people it's, it's, it's pretty cool and I get
1: a great time to muck around <laughs> instead of doing it when I'm out in the field and right like that although I had planned on a video editor or someone That's to help trick. me record yeah which I don't have.
0: yeah that makes it a little trickier so So, Deb, I ask everybody the same simple question. What's that awkward you've had to own in order to get to this amazing life you have going on right now? What's
1: the awkward I've had to own? I am naturally an extroverted person, very awkward, introverted person, which Ah. is is, is kind of of strange. I love being around people, but I can only handle so much. But when I'm around people, I love to be the center of attention (laughs) (laughs) and always terrible with people it's an ADHD spectrum sort of thing and never related to them and it was a natural thing for me to do to write software Mm. and I did that for 20 years and I did it abroad I met amazing people I had great experiences I learned a lot but one thing That I'd always tried to hone were my skills related to people. And I found that it was impossible when you're just looking behind a screen or at a screen all day and you're deep, I'm deeply focused. Mm -hmm. And then someone asked me a question and I can't just shift gears. And I realized that what I had to do to overcome this was just cut the cord completely. I completely changed careers. I got a real estate license and then I got a radio show. I started hosting a radio show on Clay Radio about real estate. And then, of course, the radio station was sold and that moved over to BD Local where you are. Mm Mm-hmm and ultimately that led me here to start my youtube channel and well also to toastmasters which has just helped enormously for anyone who is awkward that's where you need to be <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. for so sure. so you have made a complete shift from uh, and you know from from having a position where you are not interacting with people you know in front of you at least it's it's all on the computer screen writing software coding to go from that to real estate, thats it's not even just stepping out to, well, I'll work more in an office environment where I'm at least talking to people a little bit. You really did cut the cord. Uh, was there a moment that where you realized you needed to do it, or was there something that really said, this is something I got to change?
1: It has been something I've always wanted to change. And I was between projects at the time. My last project in China had just ended. And before that, I just started thinking about getting my insurance license, life insurance. I have, I got that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, my idea was to sell it on the side, particularly during the Medicare season. Mm-hmm. And since I was already kind of doing that on the side, once the project ended, I thought, okay, I'm just gonna go for it all the way. And 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 by the way, it was life insurance I tried first. Okay. And I've always been interested in financial management, particularly trading, etc. that might have been a goal. However, I am not the person that's going to be selling financial products to anyone.
0: No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I cannot convince anybody that their wife and kids will be better off when they're gone if they have money in the bank to bury them. That's not me. This
0: is not your thing, huh? Not my <laughs> thing. Right. I,
1: I, I, I think it's an easy sell myself, but people don't want it,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm not a salesperson. I'm the awkward person. It's not going to be me. That's I took all those, you know, all those sales, I read the sales books and all these things, and and these are all things that don't work on me.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, when people yeah. talk
1: to me like salespeople, I really get turned off, and and I don't respond well to it. You can't sell stuff to me. Ah. Yeah. And real estate sells itself. I the, the hardest part for me is getting clients.
0: Okay. Yeah, cuz with real estate it's really about you helping people find a place that feels like home, and you have to be able to listen to what their needs and and wants are. And then once you, once someone walks into a place that feels like home, it's a matter of just walking them through that process to secure it and there's so much more paperwork, you know, I've bought and sold a couple homes uh, as a as a homeowner and that's the th- part that was so surprising. Is this demand for you know? Oh, we've got twenty four hours to turn this paper around, and we got to get this checked and yeah. inspected and appraised, and and that whole process is actually uh, to me felt like more demanding than the actual finding the house itself.
1: In in some ways, it is. It's there's a lot of care involved because as a real estate agent, I'm actually I have a limited license to practice law. Mm, okay. And that that carries with it a lot of liability and the deadlines on the contract are very real Yeah, and a buyer can easily lose an opportunity by missing the deadline.
0: Just by not replying quick enough or or in the right way. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you switched, when you were between those contracts and you realized you're going to have to really embrace something that is more extroverted, you know, insurance to start and then moving into real estate, how did... How did you feel in that moment? Were you excited about that? Were you scared? Was there other feelings at play?
1: I think I was ready for a change. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was scared. I was already between jobs. I was actually thinking, okay, what project do I look for now? Because my technology skills are kind of broad. I did a lot of coding in my last project. I didn't do so much. And I didn't like the way it was going nowadays. The software... It's not as good as it used to be,
0: <laughs> So okay. I'm
1: not into it. So I, I think I was ready for the change. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hesitant. Um, my husband talked me into it because he said, because he is a loan officer and he said, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll get you deals, which <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can get your clients, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course he has to get clients first to do that. Oh sure. And so that was always still still a concern of mine but I just I wanted to do it. And so I just And he was the final comfort, whether it was a comfort or not. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm always curious when you, when you make a change like that, I mean, I know how it's been for me, but was it one of those things where you changed and then as soon as you got into it, were you comfortable right away or, and just never looked back or were you, did you have moments where you're like, if I could just have my computer screen and be in a room by myself, I'd be so happy right now.
1: That's an interesting question because it's a little of both. When I, when I decided to walk through the door, I closed it behind me. I said, I'm walking down the door. I took d- through this door. I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to see where it takes me. I still kept my technology website, whatever, mm-hmm. on the side. I still have that. I haven't done anything with it. I was very awkward. It was kind of a rough ride at first. I actually did it the right way though I joined New York life where they have every Monday the agents get together in the office for training and you get to meet other agents and get a little bit of community and that helped a lot as well as in real estate working in a brokerage where I could engage with the other agents yeah and and I joined a networking group. And all of those things were extremely awkward, but they did get easier. However, in about twenty late twenty sixteen, okay, I got hearing aids.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that would be something that if if you if it was hard to hear conversations, especially when you're trying to work with others, that that could really make a shift. I would imagine.
1: It it's it's huge. Even when I wear the hearing aids, people don't realize that mm-hmm. they. They speak fast. Their words aren't always clear. And if they're not looking right at you, you may not know what they're saying. It, it can be difficult. Some voices have just the wrong tone
0: mm-hmm. to hear.
1: Or we yeah, remember... will wipe it out.
0: Oh, I bet. And I remember you sharing that, a little bit about that when we first were during the pandemic at some of our, our Zoom Toastmaster meetings. And you were sharing how you can't really hear people very well when they're wearing a mask, because you're, you rely so much on seeing lips and being able to read into more of the nonverbal cues. And so that's the nice thing now that there's face shields and other op- options available.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also a lot of people are very muffled when they speak under a mask. Some people speak very clearly. Others, they just can't help it. They sound muffled.
0: Yeah, I I always feel like I I don't enunciate enough, or I mumble a lot when I'm not, especially when I'm not paying attention to speaking purposefully. And so I do end up having to repeat a lot, just because that's how I talk. And I try to be more aware of that. But
1: Well, I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one asking (laughs) people to repeat.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I with, with the mask on now, I'm asking people to repeat what they said all the time. And usually what I thought they said is nowhere near what they actually said.
1: <laughs> and imagine having a conversation in a group of people mm-hmm. and you think you hear one thing and you reply and somehow just it just feels wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this yeah. is the story of my life, <laughs> always right. hearing the wrong thing or not by the time I process it the conversations moved on and it's hard to be in sync.
0: Right. Yeah. It's kind of like when someone says something to you and you nod your head and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. And then they're telling you that someone they love passed away and you're like, Oh, that is not (laughs) what I thought you said. (laughs) But it's so obvious that you are not in sync with what was said. Yeah. So you moved into, and so you moved from, from coding to to starting with life insurance and then into real estate and not just doing real estate, but you've taken it to where you're talking about it, you're doing the show, you're getting in Toastmasters. That's uh, That seems very extroverted from where you were a, a long time ago, um, or maybe not even that long ago. But how how has that been each step of the way? Does it get easier to get a little bit further out there each time you, you take the next step?
1: It's gotten a lot easier. One thing in particular that makes it easier is I got over the idea of being embarrassed.
0: Oh yeah. I,
1: I got over that idea early on. I figured there's no way that I can grow and move forward. If I'm afraid, people can be afraid of public speaking or afraid of saying the wrong thing. So many people won't bring up a problem. They won't do simple little things, that they won't say, they won't tell you your fly is open and they'll let you go out all day long with it because they're afraid to speak up. They're worried about what someone will think, what what they will say. And that's one thing maybe that makes me a little more awkward than other people, uh, awkward to other people in that I am not subtle and I don't, play around. I don't try to be gentle. I am just pretty matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And I treat myself the same way because I can't. Yeah, I, if I'm just afraid, then I'm not gonna do anything. And sometimes I do feel like, oh, I really screw that up. I look stupid, but I don't really worry about it. <laughs> I just go to bed
0: and sleep. Yeah and, yeah, and start over the next day. I think that's a really important thing to, um, to be aware of, because so many times, we don't do things out of fear and but then we never have the experiences that we would have if we just didn't let the fear hold us back and in reality everybody around us has a different set of similar fears they're all afraid of something or being embarrassed like you said and if we can't let that go we're never going to move forward
1: yeah that's exactly right people that are afraid if you're not if you've never had a failure then You've never tried anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all part of the same the same journey. So, did you come to that realization because you was there a time where you were embarrassed and then didn't take action and, and held yourself back, or was there anything specific where you caught in caught onto that?
1: I think it used to be when I was a kid. I've always been like this, and when you're young. And your brain is not, you know, the average brain. Mm -hmm. I should say my brain. (laughs) Um, I, I, I would always say things that would offend people and I would not know why just because I'm saying what I think. And what happens is, or I would say something and it would sound awkward because you know, I'm out of sync with the group. Either I didn't hear them or just the group is they're talking about something and I don't have a clue what they're talking about. Right. I actually just, it it was easier. It was so, I was just awkward. It was easier not to talk. I just didn't say anything because I didn't know what to say. Right. Because for instance, I'm going back a while to junior high. I remember my peers were all talking about Calvin Klein's and Mm -hmm. I had nothing to say because I had no clue what Calvin Klein's were.
0: Ah, (laughs) I was
1: really, really awkward here. And they would talk about other things like fashion or makeup. And and I really just wore it because it was something you're supposed to do. And I still only wear it when I'm recording. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess I just didn't have anything to say. And and maybe people might've had the impression I was shy and I never thought I was shy. I thought I'm just awkward. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And eventually I just, I was working at Boeing and in a room in the factory, in the blueprint room around all people all day long and, it was a loud environment and I don't know what compelled me just all of a sudden I just started talking mm. and, and I, and then I, I just, and I started, you know, pissing people off. <laughs> people get offended. And I just like, why, what did, what did I say? And it's people when and it's at that stage when I became a lot more awkward because I was an adult mm-hmm. and and people, yeah, and I and then I don't have that ability to emotionally connect in a room, and so it's harder to make friends, new friends,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and when you're not subtle and and when you don't pick up on the subtle things, it's 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 really difficult. But so one thing that I have always had was that lack of hesitancy to talk, and but I have. I do naturally clam up if I'm in an uncomfortable or unfamiliar environment.
0: Sure. I I think that's kind of a natural instinct to just, you know, if, if I don't know how I feel about the situation or how to react or what I should say, or don't feel knowledgeable about whatever subject, it's a safer place to kind of, you know, kind of withdraw and be more internal to where we're not at least going to say something or add to the, to the flames of, of, of misunderstanding or something, but I, 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 when you were talking about Calvin Klein and not knowing who that was, I remember being young and even in middle school and high school, and and even still to this day, there's things, conversations that come up where it's been hard for me to just say I don't know what you're talking about, you know, and just say, just ask for the explanation. And sometimes I've been with somebody where I'll refer to something and they'll say, "Oh, what is that?" And I, and I thought, I wish I would just be confident and comfortable enough sometimes to just be able to say that. And I've, I've practiced getting a little better at that, but I still have a ways to go in that realm where if someone's talking about Calvin Klein. I can say, Oh, you know, I'm not familiar with that. And it happens with me all the time with movies or TV shows or, you know, actors or actresses in Hollywood where it's like, I don't know anybody's names or band names and stuff. And
1: I am terrible with pop culture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can watch a show every weekend and I won't know the actors names at all.
0: Yeah, I, I don't either. And, and it's also, uh, you know, it's, it's simple to think about putting ourselves down for not knowing certain things. But we forget to give ourselves credit for all the other things that we know. Because, you know, you, you or I might not have that in our headspace because that space is occupied by, other, by the other knowledge we have. And, if, and we have to be okay saying, I, I'm not familiar with that because I haven't spent time memorizing actors' names or whatever. That's just not something I've done. But when you ask me about this area over here, I could talk about that forever. And, uh, and it we, might we have ha-
1: more value than knowing the names of the entertainers. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. But but we don't give ourselves that credit. It's just, you know, we sit yeah. there and go, oh, I don't know what Calvin Klein is. So I don't feel like I can be part of this conversation rather than, you know, if we ask, we might make the conversation even more dynamic because that might spark different people's opinions of that topic.
1: I always feel really. Proud, and when I'm in a room and they're talking about the Tiger King,
0: mm-hmm. is that what it is? <laughs> yeah,
1: I have never seen it.
0: Yeah, I haven't I have seen no that clue either. What
1: that is? <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> I've proud. seen
0: uh, memes with the characters. I'm familiar enough with the idea of what is going on there just from the pop culture and, and having conversations with people, but I haven't watched the show. And I I will say there have been a few times this year where uh, where I have thought to myself, is today bad enough that I'm going to watch the Tiger
1: King? (laughs) And it
0: hasn't gotten there yet. (laughs) I used to have this, uh, when I worked in an office, I had a, a Reese's peanut butter cup, a two pack in my drawer. And I would keep it in the drawer, even though I would eat other candy. It's not because I was being so good, but I would have that emergency candy bar in the drawer. And a lot of times I would just be having a bad day and I would open the drawer and I'd look at the bar and I'd think, it's still not bad enough. Like there could be a worse day that I'm going to need that candy bar. And it, it made it, made me really think about, am I going to break down and have to go to that? But, um, but that's kind of how I feel like with Tiger King is like, okay, it could and, still and be by worse. By the time you
1: go to eat that candy bar, it's going to be a melted mess.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all the computer fans and just, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Deb, now that you have kind of moved in to your, extroverted self and you're, you're doing the Toastmasters thing and you're really kind of rocking this this different lifestyle. What do you think have been some of the benefits of, of owning your awkward of stepping out and trying some different stuff?
1: Wow, the amazing people that I have met, how much I enjoy being around people, which I didn't used to. I, I did, mm-hmm. but I didn't. Um, I didn't really look forward to, say, I would never have looked forward to Toastmasters or any sort of meeting at night. And I can now consider that to be my main social group. I really enjoy it. I enjoy meeting all the people, you know, of course, this kind of started in Asia. I met people from all over the world and then I come home back to America and I don't meet anybody. Mm -hmm. And that is because people here are quite different. And if you work from home, on a computer who are you going to meet
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah you don't the living room
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and people get really busy around here too if you invite them somewhere they've always got something going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe not so much now
0: <laughs> yeah now it's a little bit easier uh, there was a while you know, during the beginning of the pandemic where nobody had anything going on and then people caught on to doing Zoom happy hours and get togethers via that. And then I feel like we all got a little bit of that Zoom gloom going on where it was just a little too much online interaction and we needed to, you know, kind of take a break from that. And I feel like I I have a pretty good balance myself now of some online and, and, you know, doing what I can in person, even if it's just getting outside. But I do look forward to like our Toastmasters meetings that have been via Zoom for the entire year. I don't know if we missed any meetings, maybe one when we first got started, but um, but they've all been via Zoom. And I really look forward to having that, being in the room, someone brings cookies or random treats and just visiting yeah. between the break. And I, well, yeah, Especially with fun. the public
1: speaking, it's just, it's not public speaking on Zoom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just not However, quite
1: the same. You know, that's the only thing I think that I really do. uh, I don't really like Zoom for that. It's good for if you want to learn how to perform on camera, maybe. Mm. But Zoom isn't a good camera for that either. Even if you can attach a GoPro, but you need a studio, proper studio for that to work really well. And But I have found that I am a lot happier now that I know more people. Mm -hmm. And that I'm able to talk to them better. And all of my communications are largely smoother and clearer. I still kind of space sometimes. And Zoom helps me a lot. This current environment this last year, I have a ton more energy. Mm. You know, I'm not the healthiest person. And going out and doing an errand wears me out. Sure. I can go to Toastmasters for an hour on the middle in the middle of the afternoon and then I come home and, and I'm just <laughs> wiped for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. And now that might be the case when I go and do something out in the field. But now that most everything is done from home and on Zoom and I'm just getting out there every once in a while, I have a lot more energy and right. it's actually working out a little better for me with so much Zoom. But I do not like the phone audio only
0: oh yeah all. those are tricky I
1: never have maybe because I am hard of hearing but yeah. I've never ever liked the phone if people want to c- talk to me on the phone I am not interested
0: not a phone person <laughs> no yeah I know a few people like that who will will text or video talk but have no interest in a phone conversation um, and yeah I think that we've all kind of done a, a good job of finding the benefits of what we can do online. And, and we'll when we resume more in-person stuff, we'll be able to kind of hopefully take the best of both worlds. Because, you know, I don't miss trying to get in the car and get everywhere on time. It's nice just to just feel like, oh, I just got to make sure I, I'm dressed from here up and I got the camera on.
1: <laughs> and it's nice now because everybody is able to communicate this way. Whereas before, even myself, I didn't want to do video chat because, well, you have to have an environment ready. You have to look presentable. All these things, right. and in this environment, everybody has what they need now. Yeah, they've got it's at least a, a blank wall thing. or cleaned
0: up. Yeah. And we've
1: gotten over the idea that you can't have a dog barking in the background,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, because that's a big thing too for most people. Well, we are getting down to the last couple minutes here. So, uh, what advice would you give to our listeners on how they can own their awkward?
1: I would just say that whatever it is that you have that you're awkward about, the only way that you're going to get through it, and if you really are serious about it, you just need to just flip that switch and just go for it. And don't look back, don't question yourself, because if you keep asking questions or if you're worried about the future You'll never get there. Worry about, Don't worry about the future. The future is not relevant at all. The only thing that matters is today, right now. Wow, do what you want to do today and see where it takes you tomorrow and you'll be in a better place.
0: Oh, I love that. I, I love that idea of just flipping the switch and just jumping in with two feet because that hesitancy, I think, too often is what really messes us up. We don't move forward fast enough or with enough, you know, like oomph, we just kind of hold back so we don't get the benefit of moving forward.
1: Yeah, exactly. What's the whole point?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Deb, it's been such a pleasure. I appreciate you opening up and sharing your journey and your awkwardness with everybody. Uh, it's it's great. I will see you in a couple days via Zoom again for our meeting. And uh, it's a pleasure. Keep doing what you're doing. And don't forget everyone to check out Deb did that on YouTube and see what she's been up to lately and will continue to be up to.
1: Thank you, Andy.
0: It's been fun. Yes, it's been a blast. So thank you so much. And everybody else, enjoy your week. Stay tuned for another episode next week. And of course, as always, own your awkward. Thank you so much for listening in for today's show. Be sure to visit awkwardcareer.com to continue your journey. And of course, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends so they can find their awkward side and learn how to own it.